Hello everyone and welcome back to an episode of the Knowledge Group podcast where we're taking a forward look at what speakers are covering at upcoming Knowledge Group events. This time we're turning our attention to accounting fraud and SEC investigations, what every company needs to know in 2019. Our event's going live April 23rd, running between 12pm and 1.30pm Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be joined by Anthony Lenditz, a partner at BDO USA, and also Thomas Terranova, a managing director also at BDO USA. We're also going to be joined by Christine Genitis of Council at Denton's. Information about our panel and how you can sign up to listen to this webcast will be found in the description box down below. You'll also find the code PODCAST25. When you use that at checkout, you'll get 25% off your very first webcast registration. And let's turn things over to our speakers now. Uh, my name is uh, Anthony Lendez. I'm a partner with BDO. I head uh, up the forensic accounting and investigations practice that encompasses uh, securities litigation matters, uh, accountants, professional liability, internal investigations, monitorships, white-collar criminal defense, anti-money laundering, and investigative due diligence. I'm a CPA, a CFE, and a CFF. I've been with BDO uh, about 25 years. Uh, I started in their national office where I was responsible for developing the guidance for the auditors that were out in the field. And I was also responsible for responding to technical inquiries involving accounting and auditing issues. Uh, after about three and a half years of being in a national office, I transferred into the uh, advisory practice where I've worked on some of the more significant engagements that we've had in the past. Uh, for example, I was involved in uh, the key accounting person on the SEC settlement involving AOL Time Warner and the round-tripping transactions, which we'll be covering. Uh, I also was involved in the investigation of New Century, and also involved in investigations involving Enron and Sendent. So I've got a fair amount of of experience in the litigation arena. Uh, I also, prior to joining BDO, I was with the American Institute of CPAs, where I was responsible for investigating alleged audit failures. And prior to that, I was with, uh, I was an auditor, a manager with KPMG. And now I'll let uh, Tom introduce himself and provide background on himself. Thanks, Tony. Uh, my name is Tom Tarnova. I'm a managing director at BDO in the forensic accounting and investigations practice. Uh, my practice focuses primarily on conducting internal corporate investigations uh, relating to financial reporting irregularities, as well as uh, working on and advising on accountants liability matters. I'm a CPA, and I've been with BDO for over 15 years now. And we are excited uh, for the upcoming webinar on April 23rd. Um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the SEC's current focus just to give you an idea as to what we're going to cover and sort of, you know, what they've been doing. Um, As we've seen recently, the SEC continues to focus on its, its mission of protecting investors, Uh, also maintaining confidence in the fairness and integrity of U.S. markets, and also facilitating capital formation. Um, What we've seen in the past year or so is the SEC continues to focus on holding individuals accountable for wrongdoing. Um, They're also focusing on deterring future harm by bringing cases that will send clear and important messages to those participants in the market. 
and they're also acting as quickly as they can to stop frauds and also prevent future losses. And so Tony now is going to talk about some of the topics that we're going to cover. Sure. Well, thanks, Tom. So the topics that we're going to be covering uh, are some of the like accounting frauds that we've seen in the past and that are, are kind of, for us anyway, they're routine. Maybe for some people will have never have never encountered fraud situation. Uh, these are unique, but you know there are situations where oftentimes companies want to recognize revenue to meet their earnings expectations, or they want to understate expenses in order to hit their earnings target. So you may see situations where there's a side agreement with a customer. Uh, whereby, you know, the customer doesn't have to pay for the product until the product is sold to somebody else or until they accept it. And usually uh, in those situations, you can't recognize the revenue, but what happens is they enter into these side agreements that nobody knows about, the auditors don't know about it, and the company recognizes the revenue when they really should not. Then we're going to also talk a little bit about uh, the round-tripping transactions, how they uh, get accomplished, and in our uh, presentation, we're going to cover one particularly uh, significant uh, case involving AOL Time Warner and its round-tripping transactions. Then we're going to talk about, you know, the propriety of bill and hold transactions. You know, if they're structured properly, you can recognize revenue, but oftentimes you can't because you haven't really relinquished control of the inventory. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how companies have altered shipping documents in order to recognize revenue earlier than, uh, than they should have recognized re revenue. Uh, talk about some agreements, uh, side agreements to, to sell through products. In other words, uh, in an agreement to sell through products, again, the, the customer isn't obligated to pay for the product until it's sold to a third party. There's also been situations where companies have uh, recognized upfront fees, where the fees really should be recognized over the life of the agreement and not immediately upfront. And then there's also uh, situations where companies have held their accounting periods open to recognize either cash, to make the cash position look better, or to recognize revenue uh, when really the revenue should be recognized in a, in a subsequent period, but they leave the accounting period open in order to be able to, to recognize the revenue in the current period. Then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the inventory schemes that have taken place in order to uh, inflate income. Again, usually it's the, either they want to inflate income and revenue or they want to inflate uh, the value of their assets. In some instances, uh, companies have inflated their inventory by overpricing uh, it, which results in uh, additional income. The way that the calculation uh, of cost of goods is, is, is completed, you'll see that uh, inflating the, the ending inventory always results in, in lower costs and therefore higher income. We'll also talk about situations where companies have recorded fictitious inventory that usually happens in situations where uh, the inventory is in transit, and they uh, tell the auditors that, oh yeah, the, you know, it's in, it's in the shipment, it's going to this X Y Z country, and therefore, you know, we recognize the revenue, but you know, in fact, the revenue may not exist, or in some cases, may actually be the result of a shipment, but the shipment itself has, has got either empty boxes or or, or uh, 
In the case of one matter that I investigated, Miniscribe, they actually shipped bricks in place of hard drives, and they put the bricks in boxes and they shipped them uh, overseas and said that was inventory in transit, and they counted it as, as valid inventory. Then we'll talk a little bit about some of the uh, improper asset valuations, particularly uh, with respect to impairment of assets. When assets are impaired, they're supposed to be written down. A lot of times companies do not write down their assets in a timely manner. So they, uh, again, inflate their income. And we'll get into a little bit into manipulation of accounting estimates, improper disclosures, and then uh, improper or undisclosed related party transactions. And then to kind of emphasize some of those points that we will cover, some of the fraud uh, topics that we're going to be covering, we'll talk uh, about uh, two or three uh, or so uh, specific cases that have been investigated by the SEC uh, and, and that involve some of these accounting frauds that I just uh, talked about. And now I'm going to turn it over to Tom so he could talk a little bit about some of the risk factors to consider and, and what companies can do in order to avoid fraudulent uh, activity. Thanks, Tony. Um, so as, as Tony just mentioned, so we'll, we'll talk about uh, some risk factors that, that we've seen in our experience um, that, that oftentimes, you know, may lead to some uh, financial reporting issues or, inter you know, internal investigations. Uh, for example, the number one reason you know, that I think we've seen is you know, lacking the appropriate tone at the top. Um, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with management aggressively pursuing its goals and targets. Um, however, when you, you sort of add undue or excessive pressure or unrealistic um, expectations, um, oftentimes, um, you know, that results in some, some poor decisions and, and judgments. Um, we'll also talk about um, certain industries seem to be, you know, more at risk. Um, high technology and software, too, that, that come to mind. And also, poor internal control systems, you know, sometimes you see this, or most often you see it as at less mature organizations um, where they just, their, their internal control systems just have not fully developed yet. Um, after we talk about risk factors, we'll get into some best practices, some things that companies could do to sort of um, put themselves in a better position. Uh, we'll give some tips on how to you know, set the appropriate the tone at the tone at the top. Also, give some recommendations on business ethics trainings, and also, um, you know, how to monitor and investigate hotline tips and activity. And so that covers uh, what we we plan on presenting on the 23rd, and uh, we look forward to uh, to the webinar. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group podcast. Don't forget, information about our panel and how to listen to this event will be found in the description box down below, along with the code PODCAST25. When you use that at checkout, you get 25% off that first webcast registration. We look forward to seeing you Tuesday, April 23rd from 12 p.m. Eastern. And until then, take care. Bye now.